Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by The Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Jim Ryan. And together we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today we are traveling to the distant planet Arrakis, home of sandworms and the spice melange melange uh jamie you actually wrote this script uh tell us what the heck i am talking about here jim we are of course talking about the classic (laughs) sci-fi novel dune written by pacific northwest native frank herbert first published in 1965 which just got a brand new film adaptation and You may be wondering why we're talking about science fiction on an outdoors and travel (laughs) podcast. Um, But lost in the grand spectacle of this new movie and the original novel is the fact that Dune was first inspired by one of the Pacific Northwest's most interesting landscapes, which is the Oregon Dunes. The Oregon Dunes. Uh, That is why we're talking about Arrakis, Arrakis, whatever, sandworms, (laughs) the spice, melange, melange. I should, uh, that's a a word that I should know how to pronounce. That's not even some make believe thing. But anyway, um, Jamie, I am like grinning ear to ear, ready to jump into this because uh, unlike most things we talk about here on the show, I have no idea about Dune. I did not know what Dune was. Uh, when you first told me about it, uh, I am kind of semi notorious among our colleagues for not being hip to the pop culture things. Uh, Jamie, this is a pop culture thing and I am decidedly not hip to it, but with your help can become a bit more so here in the next half an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're lucky, Jim. I, I'm a, a real big dune head over here. All right. Uh, Picked up the book a couple years ago and read the whole series. It's actually a whole series. I should say that. It's not just the one book. Got it. Uh, there are many um, to read. But the original book was just like this like staple of science fiction. It was you know, one of the first science fiction books to be long and in-depth to touch on these really deep themes of religion and philosophy and ecology. So, I mean, this whole thing started when Frank Herbert, who was from the Tacoma area, uh, also spent time in Portland, um, Salem, Northern California, Mexico. He was all over the place. He was living in Portland at the time, and uh, his his one of his his children was living in Florence. And so he flew down to Florence and learned about this new project. This is back in the late 50s 
um, this project by state officials to try to control the sand dunes that were just like sweeping over US 101, swamping the towns. The sand dunes were totally uncontrollable. And if you've ever been out of the Oregon dunes down there, they are enormous. Mm -hmm. They are huge. And it is just one of those landscapes that you can't do a whole lot about. Or so they thought. So what they ended up doing was planting these invasive beach grasses in the dunes to try to stabilize them. And we've since seen that how those invasive species have kind of taken over the landscape, replaced native species. Not a great look. But at the time, this was seen as like this huge advancement in trying to control the landscape and make it more livable. So Frank Herbert learns about this. He's a struggling writer at the time. He flies down there, talks to some people. And as he's flying back from Florence to Portland, he's going over the Oregon dunes and just kind of gets this image in his mind of this desert planet where the whole thing is dunes. And, you know, they're fighting over resources and they're trying to make it more livable. And there's like this conflict between the people who are native to that planet and the people who were there from other places. And this has kind of kicked off this whole series for for Frank Herbert to eventually make Dune the book and make Dune the the novel series. So it was fascinating to me. This kind of spun off. And if you read Dune, it, you, you don't see a lot of Oregon in it. You know, um, Oregon dunes himself. It's not like the Sahara Desert, right? You've got the ocean just on one side and you've got, you know, the highway and towns on the other. But when you're out there in that landscape, you really do feel like you're on this desert planet when you can't, you can just look out and you see nothing but these sweeping shapes of the dunes out there. It's one of my favorite places to go on the coast. And I think it's one of these places that people overlook a lot, but it's just such a cool place to go explore. Yeah, I mean, we talk about the different landscapes that Oregon has to offer, right? You've got the Columbia River Gorge. You've got the, you know, dense forests of the Coast Range. You have the Cascades, the Wallawas, the Oregon Coast, of course. And I think most folks, when they think of the coast, they think of kind of, you know, that rugged shoreline, sea stacks in the distance, you know, some gulls sweeping overhead, a beautiful sunset, some fog rolling in, stuff like that. But maybe aren't thinking, or at least I don't immediately think, Oregon Dunes, uh, which are kind of a, a, a staple signature part of the Oregon Coast experience. I think it's that way with with sand dunes in general. Yeah. There are so many sand dunes in so many different places in the United States that you don't expect. There's sand dunes in New Mexico. And there's sand dunes in Nebraska, for crying out loud. There's sand dunes in eastern Oregon, out in the Christmas uh, Valley. There's just sand dunes everywhere. And you don't think about it because you don't expect to run into sand dunes, I guess, anywhere. Um, But when you're talking about some of the best places to see dunes in the area, the Oregon coast is just a spectacular place to do it. So, I mean, if you're looking at the map, you're kind of looking basically between like Florence and Coos Bay. And there are so many places you can jump in and explore those dunes, whether you're exploring them on foot by dune buggy, um, you know, whatever the case may be, there's just so many different spots that you can go out and actually explore this area. Jamie, I guess uh, true to our uh, outdoors and travel uh, podcast roots here, you know, we're not the sci-fi podcast uh, that per- <laughs> perhaps we could be, perhaps maybe is more fitting with the introduction of this particular show. But there are many places to do what many of us love to do, which is go hiking in the Oregon dunes. And Jamie, you have previously written 
all about this. You've got a great story about places to go hiking, of course, in the beautiful Oregon dunes. And uh, I don't know. Why don't we pick a couple here? Jim, I think that's a great idea. We can leave the, the we can leave spice and the sandworms and the fremen behind. We don't have to get into Baron Harkonnen and the whole Spacing Guild controversy. Well, we'll leave that behind Ooh. for now. Oh, next time, Jamie. Next another time. day. Yeah. No, 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 Quisatch Hatterack talk on this podcast. Instead, we're going to be talking. About... This is a different language entirely. <laughs> Keep it going. Instead, we're going to be talking about where to hike in the Oregon Dunes. And Jim, like you said, um, there's a story: five places to go hiking in Oregon Dunes that I wrote a few years ago that goes into all of this. Um, but to kind of jump in here, I think the spot that most people look at, it's kind of the, the jumping off point for Oregon Dunes is the aptly named Oregon Dunes day use area. Um, and this is, this is a great spot for folks who kind of want to just check it out, dip your toes into it a little bit. Um, from the, the parking lot, you can either hike straight through the dunes to the ocean, which is a really cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. See them kind of rising up on either side, which you're not really getting into it. Or you can jump off that path and hike through the dunes themselves, which I love to do. Um, and you kind of follow the footprints of people before you, or you can strike your own path and just kind of wander around out there as long as you give yourself plenty of time and you have plenty of supplies in case you get stuck out there, as sometimes happens. Um, it's a cool spot to just kind of wander and see and climb the sand dunes. I, I should say, though, that if you're going to do any serious hiking in the dunes, you got to keep in mind that hiking in sand dunes is extremely tiring, yep. uh, more so than hiking up a stable trail. Um, I did a couple of these hikes in one day, and it was uh, a very tough day for Man, me. I would be wiped. I mean, you think like, oh, what what is like a casual day hike? Like six miles, eight miles, yeah. you know, a, a moderate distance. Doing six or eight miles in the sand on, you know, shifting <laughs> dunes. It's not like the packed sand, you know, at the at the line of the tide uh, along along the Pacific Ocean there where it's, you know, pretty walkable, pretty easy. No, uh, that is not the case here uh, in the Oregon dunes. This is loose sand shifting under your feet, you know, maybe packed by the wind or by rain. But generally speaking, that's an arduous experience. You know, a couple of miles is, is for me at least, going to be plenty. Exactly, Jim. And so that's something just that I think everyone should keep in mind before going out there. Um, it's no walk in the park. It is it is a walk in, in the loose, steep sand. <laughs> well, it's more, more technically a walk in a day use area, Jamie. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, well, you're very technical. Uh, that, yes. that, that was terrible. Um, yeah, we can move on. That was, uh, that, was <laughs> that was among the the worst jokes uh, that I have tried to Oof. play on the podcast here. But um, <laughs> I, I'm just going to roll right past it here into the John Dellenbach Dunes Trail, if I'm pronouncing it correctly here. Um, Jamie, this is of the more dramatic sets uh, here in the Oregon Dunes. Yeah, this is my favorite spot to go hiking in the dunes. Um, so this is a little bit farther south in the Oregon Dunes day use area. And just to give folks an idea, that first spot we talked about is just south of Florence. This spot is about 30 minutes south of that, um, just on the other side of Reedsport. Um, it's a much smaller trailhead. It's less used. You kind of have to hike through the woods a little bit to get into these dunes. And it's not like the first spot where you can just take a nice, easy walk to the ocean. Um, this is a much longer, much more difficult hike through the dunes, through more forest until you get to the ocean and getting to that ocean is really cool. But honestly, Jim, I love just hanging out in those dunes. This is where you're, you're getting just those 
big sweeping structures, um, untouched by anyone but the wind a lot of times. I went out there um, this past spring to watch a supermoon rise over the dunes. Oh, yeah. And it was just such an amazing experience to see that full moon reflecting off the sand in the dunes. I mean, just what a cool experience. So, I mean. I remember that. Those images were stunning. Thank you. Yeah, it was it was so cool. Um, And so, I mean, just to if you want that kind of feeling like you're on a different planet. If you are a fan of the novel Dune and you want to feel like you were on Arrakis, you were on the planet Dune, this is the spot to go to. Um, Makes for some really great photos, really cool experience. Um, Again, it's one of my favorite spots to go to on the coast. Looking at the the images you have in uh, in your story about the places to go hiking in the Oregon Dunes, it almost reminds me of a snowscape in the wintertime, mm-hmm. you know, where the wind is going to be, you know, transporting snow around, moving it about, forming little, you know, lips and cornices and 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 different snow features. I mean, the the sand is is moved around in the same way, presumably, you know, uh, transported to form lips and ribbons in, in the sand, if you will. The rain can, uh, of course, affect the the texture of it and, and the way it feels underfoot as well. Um, just a, a beautiful and I think, Jamie, ever-changing environment to visit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can go a couple different times and some of it can look the same. Some of these larger hills might be there, but the specifics of the dunes are always shifting. You know, you go after a strong winter storm and there's going to be different piles of sand in different places. And I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, so moving through a couple of other places we should highlight here, Jamie, you have the Taylor and Carter dunes, which I'm, I'm probably doing better on my pronunciation streak here with those two (laughs) items. Um, but those, you can actually loop them together into a loop hike, which is pretty cool. And I, I think unique among these, uh, you know, these dune features here. Yeah. These are, are much less dramatic dunes. They're, they're smaller, um, they, they certainly are still dunes. They're part of the Oregon dunes area. Um, but it's, you can do a little three mile loop hike from the Taylor dunes trailhead. Um, you kind of have to go through the, the, this Carter Lake campground. It's a little confusing to try to navigate through that campground in order to make the loop. But if you can, if you can manage it, it's a really cool way to get through and see a few different, um, dune areas with an option too to branch off and hike down to the ocean. Almost every time you're hiking the dunes, you have an option to go to the ocean. And one of the reasons I like doing that is because the beaches there are some of the least crowded beaches you'll find anywhere in the Oregon coast. I mean, there's lots of uncrowded beaches. Obviously, our beaches are large and you don't see crowds like you see in California. Um, But if you really, really want to be alone on a beach, hike through the dunes to get there and you're probably not going to find anyone else out there. I love that, Jamie. And while you're doing a stroll through here, uh, a throwback to my childhood visiting sand dunes in Michigan, you know, the feeling of, you know, you you hike up this dune, right? And you you go to run down the other side, you're trying to do like a light jog down the other side, just keep your momentum and you're going downhill and you get to a run. You're going about as fast as you can go and you feel like your stride is becoming as long as humanly possible. Just running down these dunes on the edge <laughs> of control, barreling toward the ocean. Um, channel a little bit of your youth if you go to any of these yes. and let that happen. 
you know, be prepared to take a tumble perhaps. But, uh, that's a, a very, I mean, I can, I can feel that feeling sitting in my chair here recording the show, uh, of just borderline out of control, just barreling downhill. Um, and of course, a, a lovely, beautiful place. I love that, Jim. Yeah. Unleash that inner child. I think this is a perfect <laughs> spot for that. Oh, man. So we have two more here on the list, Jamie, that we can hit quickly. We have the Alder Dunes and uh, I'm I'm going back into pronunciation. I might mess up here. The Takanich Dunes. Am I right yeah, there? Th- Close? I, that, that's how I say it. Okay. Um, the Takanich Dunes are, are, are a great spot, too. They're, they're another kind of longer hike. Um, it's, you can take about 4.2 miles is how I tracked it last time from the trailhead to the beach and back. There's also an option to do a 6.8 mile loop that goes over the dunes to the ocean, um, then by a a sort of a small lake and back to the trail. So it's sort of a, a longer day hike. Um, but it's another really cool spot where, you kind of go through the forest and then it, the forest opens up into just these wide sweeping dunes. And when you first get there, there's this great view where you can look down and out over the dunes, see the forest on the other side and then the ocean beyond. So you get this look where you can see dune, forest and ocean all in one glimpse. And it's just such a cool experience. Mm. And then hike down through that forest and get out to the ocean. And like I said before, Jim, I mean, the last time I, I did this, there was not a single soul anywhere on that beach for miles and miles and miles and miles. Um, and what a cool experience is that. You gotta love it, Jamie. Well, we are going to talk some more about the Oregon dunes, but first we're going to take a short break. All right, folks, we are back talking about the lovely Oregon Dunes and Dune, the classic sci-fi novel that is going to release October 22 and a brand new film adaptation. Uh, Jamie, we're sticking in the real physical world here for the second part of the show, um, talking about all of the other ways you can explore the Oregon dunes, right? We've talked all about hiking. We've talked all about uh, some stuff that I'm now vaguely familiar with uh, about Dune, the novel and upcoming film adaptation. Uh, but you can do, of course, a lot more on the Oregon coast at the Oregon dunes than simply go hiking, walking, enjoying, picnicking, etc. I don't know, Jamie, uh, walk us through it here. Yeah, I mean, we should say that we've talked a lot about hiking the dunes, but hikers are actually, I think, kind of the minority out in the Oregon dunes. What you're going to see a lot more of is people who are on um, off-highway vehicles is a technical term. What we're usually talking about is ATVs, dune buggies, dirt bikes, that sort of thing. Um, There is a lot of land out there that is open specifically to those OHVs. and while they're not necessarily closed to hikers, you, you don't want to go hiking. Yeah, people that's not, that. not what you're trying to do. Yeah. Um, so if you are hiking, I would say stick to those areas that are open just to hikers and you're going to have a much better time. But even when you're out there, you might hear those motors in the distance um, from those people who are on dune buggies out there. Um, and for folks who are into that scene, it is a really, really cool way to explore the dunes. Um, Jim, I don't do that very often. I, I think one time like... I think eight, eight or nine years ago, before I was on the travel beat, uh, I went out with some folks and, um, kind of, kind of, you can do this group experience. We can get one of those large sand vehicles that fits like 
you know, eight different people. Mm. Um, and they've got someone, you know, from a company who's driving it. And we did a tour that way up the dunes. And that was super fun. It was as close to a roller coaster as I've gotten here in Oregon. Interesting. Um, so there's ways you can, you can rent your own vehicles from these people as well. Um, that is, that is a way you can do it. Or if you've got your own, um, ATVs, go out there and do it yourself. There are lots of, um, rules to it and regulations. I would recommend definitely looking up all that information before just going out and doing it, um, or hooking up with some companies or guides who are specifically, um, set up to do that sort of thing. Absolutely. So, and we can link back perhaps to some state, uh, regulations or resources, uh, in that regard in the show notes. But, uh, Jamie, that does sound like a fun time. I, I, I will say that, uh, at least for the time being, I, I've set a couple of rules for myself. And, and I've said before here on the show, you can't pick up any more outdoor hobbies because you've already got <laughs> too much going on. And I, I've said no wing sports, like we're, we're talking, you don't get to like, uh, I don't know, do like, like paragliding or like uh, no like wind stuff, right? Um, and you don't get to do motor stuff. Like you, you can't now become like a car enthusiast or a dune buggy guy or dirt bikes or four wheelers, stuff like that. I've already got a lot going on and I can't pick that up. But that said, it sounds pretty fun to go rip around on the dunes for a little bit. You know, Jim, that there is another option to explore the dunes that I think might actually fit within your boundaries that you just set up there. Ooh, all right. And that on. is sandboarding. sandboarding. I know you've gone uh-huh. I know you've gone snowboarding. Uh-huh. Uh have you ever gone sandboarding? I have never gone sandboarding. I have seen sandboarding. We have talked about sandboarding as a potential Peak Northwest video. Um I'm curious about it. I would like to try it, but I've never gone out of my way to do so. Yeah, I'm in the exact same boat. If you do a Peak Northwest video about sandboarding, please take me along because I would, would love be to give it a try. That would be fun. Um, it it I, Again, I don't know a lot about it. I've looked at pictures of people doing it. It looks just like what you'd think, snowboarding on the sand. Huh. Um, I'm sure there's more uh, nuance to that, of course. Um, but there is a place called Sandmaster Park out there uh, around Florence that is at what they say is the for the world's first sandboard park. Um, have to huh. fact check that. Uh-huh. But um, that is a great spot to go to if you want to learn about sandboarding to check it out. Um, or I want to have a designated place to do that. Um, that is another option. And Jim, it really does strike my fancy. Something about, about sandboarding that to me seems... I don't know, like less dangerous than snowboarding um, and a little bit more adventurous than just, say, hiking in the dunes. But not as like expensive or as as complicated as like, you know, getting a, a you know, a four wheeler and going off and doing that out there, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seems to strike a nice balance. Yeah, I would say I would imagine, though, I don't know that it's a little bit more something that you can pick up as someone who's maybe ridden a skateboard mm-hmm. around before or tried snowboarding once or twice Um or, you know, just generally uh, wants to give something new a try and understands that they might take a couple tumbles while doing it. But yeah, Jamie, let's let's set a date and go uh, try some sandboarding on camera. I'm into it. You, uh, to, it. To, to make sure, you know, <laughs> our uh, our flubs are, are captured for posterity. <laughs> exactly. I can't wait, Jim. You know, Jim, I know you've read the book, but uh, if you're into sci-fi epic movies, great cast. Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, Oscar Isaac, Jason Momoa. It's got everyone in this thing. Javier Bardem. 
whole the whole crew. Would you urge folks to hold off until they read the series or dive in by watching the movie and seeing if that captures their imagination? I mean, I think you can go either way with this. They they did a, a movie adaptation originally. Um, okay. A, a number of decades ago, David Lynch adapted it and it was uh, a little, it was tough. It was a tough movie. Okay. <laughs> adaptation. Okay. So, um, you know, if you're into, um, you know, good literature or if you're into science fiction at all, it's a great book to check out. The series is excellent as well. Um, if you just want to see the movie, the, this movie is covering the first half of the book. Uh-huh. Um, so they will be putting out a second part to Dune, presumably, um, sometime in the near future. Uh, so, um, it, it, it's super fun. I mean, I, I like it again for its messages of philosophy and religion and power and ecology. So it's more than just, you know, um, like, you know, battles in space and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a great read. And again, as a Pacific Northwest guy, I've got a soft spot for, for anything that was inspired by our Pacific Northwest nature and written by someone who's from here. So, um, support uh, our our native son Frank Herbert. Um, go check out the new movie based on his book. All right, Jamie. Well, I'm anxiously awaiting a report back, and perhaps we'll have to go check it out myself, folks. Um, but until next time, here on the podcast, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel, follow us on Instagram at Peak Northwest, and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage at OregonLive.com/travel. Please leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast and our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details, of course, at OregonLive.com slash pod support. This episode of the show is produced by me, Jim Ryan, alongside Jamie Hale and Andrew Thien. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen.